This is Galen Gidman, and you're listening to episode 21 of The Young Gun Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Young Gun Show. It's great to be with y'all once again. The new site has been up for a couple of weeks now. I think I've worked out most of the bugs. The feed was a little touch and go there for a bit, so it's good to have everything running smoothly. Um, Today's guest is someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time, actually, and uh, just now worked out. He's a developer from across the pond who's built a number of personal projects, including the, uh, I guess you could call it the quote-unquote official Find Your Friend Twitter Friends on App.net. Um, app they 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 were had it on their site for a bit right now he's working with the group at Left Logic and if you didn't know that's Remy Sharp's shop and uh, so they do some really top notch stuff there Tom Ashworth welcome to the podcast thank you very much for having me well thank you very much for coming on oh, um that's that's quite all right I uh, I listen, had to say I listened to the first uh, first few episodes of your show way back and that, that's actually the first place I um I heard of Paul. Paul Davis, who I now do a podcast with and I'm really good mates with. So, um, oh, really? Yeah, it's, I've got a bit of history with the show, actually. Really? I didn't even know that. What's your podcast with him? Um, so it's called Less Than Bang, uh, mm-hmm. and it, we, we're quite new. And we, we've had a bit of a, a problem because of just how busy we've both been recently in, in getting episodes out. But we re- recorded a show on Monday night, mm-hmm. and that should be out tomorrow or, or Friday, I guess. Okay. And then we're, you know, looking to do us, I guess, one every couple of weeks. Um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, hopefully for as long as long as we can. And it's it's really just, you know, a kind of chat show rather than uh, rather than interview. Um, oh, nice. Anything. Yeah. So that that's um, yeah. We, we're just you know trying that out basically because we both felt like we had something uh, or some things we wanted to say and, and needed somewhere to to say it. I guess. Very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. I like your. A uh, little little byline or subtitle here. It's a show by and for young and attractive web people. So <laughs> it's up to you to decide who's young and who's attractive in, in the pair of us. Hey, no worries. That's great. That'll definitely be in the show notes, and uh, I'll give that a listen sometime very soon. Um, but on to today's episode on my yeah. podcast. How did you get your start on the web? Um, well, it's, it's funny actually. I, I found the, the book the other day that, that um, got me into it, which was a book called "Fun Web Pages with JavaScript," which is a, a quite a thick but very little um, little red book that that I, I picked up recently. Um, that re- was really all about kind of doing <coughs> hover states and making things move around, and, and really that the, the stuff that JavaScript at its very earliest was was built for. Um, and I didn't understand any of it. And looking back at it now, what it teaches you is absolutely dreadful. But it's quite amazing to find that and, and realize that that's what kickstarted it all. Um, and really, that me getting into web was was being in, into other kinds of programming. I, I built um, kind of little robots, and um, and and th- there was this game called Robot Battle, uh, RobotBattle.com, uh, where you you sort of programmed a, a little robot to fight in an arena against other people's robots. Uh, and I guess I think that basically taught me programming. And then from just knowing programming, the, the web and, and PHP was just a, a kind of logical step. And then, then you know, I think as, as a, for a lot of people, it was just building sites for for friends or friends of friends. And then it, and then 
it's kind of snowballed from there. Oh, very nice. So, so you, how old were you when you were um, building robots? That because that's cool. Like most of the people, yeah, somebody's you know my band or whatever. But this is like cool that you were actually doing stuff. You know, it was kind of related before you actually went the web route. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I only realized this the other day, but because I always thought the, the web was the first thing I did, but it, it actually wasn't. I mean, I, I guess I, th- I think I was twelve when I picked up that JavaScript book, and that. To brought you know brought, got me into programming, but I, I didn't really do. I, I guess I was doing a, a few web pages, but it was mostly this um uh, this robots game that I did from I don't know I guess about twelve to fifteen or sixteen. When uh, unfortunately it kind of died. Um, the the company that were developing the original game kind of uh, stopped. Well, basically stopped working on it, and then there were several community efforts to get it going again and. And we never really kind of got it moving, and, and now it's sort of died a death. Although there's a little bit of um, a little bit of activity going on at the moment, and there's a couple of us who are who are sort of uh, there's there's murmurings of getting it going again, but I, I don't know whether whether it will ever happen. But it would be really nice. Yeah, I, get, I have this kind of nostalgic feeling about it that it that it um, I can look back at on these forum posts that I I posted when I was uh, what twelve, and I was. Uh, well, I was horrible. I can't, I can't believe some of the people on the forum put up with me because I was just, you know, I, I, thirty smileys per post and kind of <laughs> lol and and completely being completely disrespectful to people who I now realise were were pretty pretty good programmers and I should have been listening to and I was just I don't know. Oh yeah, a, li- a little squirt, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I've I've experienced that too where there was one form I remember I joined and, and we got into we got into an argument about politics and you know, I won't go into who's uh you know, the diff our different arguments, but basically when I came back to it just a year later I was looking around at what I said and what other people said and I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I would have banned myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's exactly it. But it's nice to see how uh, how how much you've changed. Or well, in in my case, I was a little bit worried that I hadn't. But uh, it's, yeah, it's nice to kind of you know to try, to plot your your progress. I mean, I, I could mm-hmm. basically through this, these forum posts watch myself learning um, to program, and uh, and you know and, and trying out these insanely stupid things. Like I I, I thought at that point that I I'd, I'd end up in um in AI and and you know do a do a degree in artificial intelligence and, mm-hmm. and you know build some build some really cool robots and um I, i've still got a bit of a, a feeling like that's something I, i'd like to do but you know I, I don't know if you know about neural networks and kind of simulating brains in um in using computers but at, at age about 13 i was trying to build neural networks using a the, the scripting language for these robots which is called rsl which basically only had global variables and it didn't have um you couldn't pass uh uh, arguments to functions and you couldn't uh, but do any of these things and it had like go sub and it um, and you couldn't return uh, data from functions and it was just the most horrible programming language and probably the worst thing I could have learned on it was even worse than kind of basic and all all those kind of things um, and I was trying to do this kind of a really quite advanced um, uh, AI uh, technique using this this language it failed absolutely miserably but it's just kind of funny to, to see myself uh thinking that I, I could do it even though I was um c- completely incapable of it yeah absolutely well, I, I didn't even know they made languages that didn't do that much stuff that <laughs> yeah that's funny um 
So yeah, you you started on robots, you and eventually you started moving to the web, and I think that's where I interrupted you. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, um, yeah. So well, I guess it was just um, just doing websites for, mm-hmm. for other people. I, I can't. I honestly can't remember the the first sites I did. I can I can only assume they must have been uh, just little ones for myself. And then mm-hmm. and I know the f- the first website I did for a client um, client in you know in quotation marks. Uh, was a was a bed and breakfast website that I'm I, I I'm think I, it's not up anymore and uh, but I, I I remember it and I I think it was it was pretty horrible um, mm-hmm. it didn't use tables because I'm I'm a little bit too young for tables but um, it uh, it wasn't wasn't very nice and then I I, I probably massively overrated my skills at that point and uh, and just, <coughs> you know did tried to do some websites with other people like family members and um and then the the first uh, client client i had was another um bed and breakfast website that's still going i've you know with one uh one redesign and it, and and actually I, I look back at it now and it's not i don't think it's you know i don't think it's terrible there, there was I, there was something quite um i don't know it's probably the first thing i can say that i was proud of for for a client um and you know that client is still still uh still with me i guess even though i you know i now have a full-time job but um, she doesn't need that many changes anymore, and we've sort of reached a point where I'll basically do copy changes for her for for, for free because she was the the first client I had to um you know to give me give me some proper proper work, and I I mean and then from from there I you know I got into Node.js and I got into um got more into the JavaScript side of things and, and backends, and so doing doing basically client web design uh, became less of um less of a, a thing that I did and, and, and more of a sort of hobby and uh, I guess um, whereas where now I'm just a basically a JavaScript developer who with with some side projects I suppose. Yeah. I, I can only wish my first real client site was was offline. Um <laughs> it's it's it, it's still up. It was it was actually I don't know only three, maybe four years ago this year, I'm not sure, but it uh it was pretty it was pretty bad and you know uh, but you know how that goes. You, you said you said you were glad yours was offline. Um, yeah. So, so you so you did some web stuff, got into the back end, and um, I mean, I, I was reading just through some different stuff on your blog, and and you know, your plan had been to go to college, and um, I, I assume get some sort of um, developer job at the conclusion of that, correct? Yeah. Um. That was that was kind of the plan that kind of what happened was all the way through school I was I wasn't sure whether I was going to um go into kind of computers or going to music because that's my I guess second love or possibly first love um is yeah is 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 music and um and I always thought or I didn't always thought I sort of swung backwards and forwards between that it was you know computers and coding that I wanted to do or it was music that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and right up until the summer before I had to apply for um university or college or, or whatever um i was going to apply for music and then i i went to one one university um in york and just had a kind of sudden realization that this wasn't what i wanted to do and what i wanted to do was was uh you know computers and and be part of the web industry and uh you know make that make that what i did and so suddenly, just before I had to start applying for places, and I, I don't, know if, I don't actually know how how it works in in the states, but um, in the UK, you you bet you get to pick five um, 
uh, sort of apply to five universities and then of the ones that say yes we'll we'll consider your application if you get the grades you pick two a, a kind of main choice and a and a reserve choice and so with a few months to go before I, the final deadline for them I, I decided to completely change the degree I was going to be doing and, and because in, again in the UK you don't have a major and then you can take other other subjects you you take one subject and and if you you know if you make that choice wrong you you're you're stuffed for 3 years pretty much mm-hmm. um or three three or more years and and so I got got to this point at the end of the summer and realized that I needed to switch and and very quickly made a couple of choices and then when it came when it came to the end of the year uh, I, I actually didn't get the grades that I I had wanted and and so I couldn't go to my f- first choice but I got into my second choice which was Cardiff um, and I did a year there, uh, but didn't didn't really enjoy it, and found uh, the whole thing a little underwhelming, and and I, it kind of felt like it would it was going to hold me back for three years. And so I was in um, I was in Brighton, where I now live. In uh, I think it was late August, early September, and I I met um, met Remy, and he for the, uh, for the first time, and he offered me the job I'm now in. Uh, then and then I and with two weeks to go before I went back to uh, uni for the second year, I said uh, said to them, you know, I I don't really want to be here anymore and just quit and move to Brighton. Yeah, I don't blame you for, for you know from from what I hear a lot, especially the developers will will say that you know they're they're obviously a little behind in college or university or you know whatever you call it in the in the country you're from, but. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, I think, you know, and I think we've documented that fairly well in the show, the best people generally teach themselves because there, there's just so much to learn in what we do that you can't, you can't wait on other people to teach you. You just got to be the kind of person that can dig in and do it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, one of the things I found most frustrating, um, and I mean, I don't mean this to kind of slander anyone else on my course, but I... I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around the, the the kind of apathy that some people had towards the work we were doing. That they, it, you know, I, I, we, we'd have this this kind of project where we had to say build a little game, and or we had to you know build some kind of little website or a, a small project, and the, just I just couldn't understand why people did didn't want to take it to the next level and go and go and you know find out exactly where we could take the project and what what we could do with it and how we could. Um, you know, go step, take it past the brief that we've been given, and I and it, I found that that really frustrating. Um, I mean, that said, there were some some great people who I, who I met who I'm I'm going to keep in you know I keep in touch with. In fact, um, my um, basically my best mate from university, uh, Walter, is coming down this weekend uh, to stay with me. And um, I, you know, I, it's funny how you find people who who you just click with, and and we're you know we've worked on a few a few little things and and. You know, with regards to university, I, I, the only thing I kind of regret about it is that perhaps I would have had more time to mess around and, and build projects with with people who really did have um, did have a passion for it. But that said, I'm I, you know I'm able to do that down here, so um, that's that's a good thing, I guess. Absolutely, and and so now you're working with the group at Left Logic. Um, like I mentioned, like you said, that's Remy Sharp. Uh, if you don't know who Remy is. He wrote the original HTML5 um, shiv or shim, um, whatever you'd like to call it. I've heard it called it both. Uh, he he's just one of those really big dudes in the um, in the JavaScript yeah. community. One of the he, uh, top dogs. So, sorry, yeah, go ahead. He, 
he, I think he invented the word polyfill. I, I don't know the full history of that, but I think the word polyfill that we all now use was, um, was coined by him. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so he invented the word polyfill. That, I mean, that's all you need to know right there. Um, <laughs> what's the experience been like working with him? And, and I don't, I, I imagine there's other people there too. Well, it's, it's a really, really small company, actually. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, Remy and I are working on, on Left Logic client stuff. Um, and JS Bin as well, actually, uh, okay. pretty much full time. And then uh, there's a third guy. Um, uh, I'm going to say his surname wrong, but it, John Linklater Johnson, who's Binary Tales on Twitter, and he um, works some of the or most of the time uh, full time with a client, uh, kind of subcontracted, and then it comes in sort of once a week or, or whenever <coughs> we have a, a sprint on a particular client um, to uh, to work with us. Um, full time so and then th- there's a third guy in the office Danny Hope who's a who's a UX designer who isn't actually part of Left Logic, but is a freelance but we share um, I share the office with him and mm-hmm. I mean that's a so it's a really small company I guess there's three uh, three technical guys in, in Left Logic. Um, yeah and I mean there's uh, only two of you that are even full time it sounds like yeah pretty much yeah very cool yeah I mean y- y- they talk about tight knit but I'd, I'd say that's about as um yeah. It's about as small as they get. Yeah, it is. Which, which, I mean, you must just be picking up all kinds of stuff from him. That must be such an awesome experience. I mean, I, yeah. I assume he's doing a lot of mentoring. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's strange, actually. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's like, every, you know, almost everything, everything we've been working on has been pushing me beyond, beyond my limits every time. Um, mm-hmm. And but that's that's great. That's exactly what what I want. I mean, if we if if I, it's a, you know a university, I was finding I wasn't I wasn't being pushed, and now I'm you know there are some days where I I think I wish I wasn't being pushed so hard. But then two days later, I re- you know I'm I'm really glad of it, and and uh, I, I yeah, I mean, I, and you know obviously I'm picking up a, a hell of a lot. Um, you know, just in kind of not not only in kind of technical um, technical expertise, but just as a you know as being a, a young young person in in the industry there's a lot of big gaps in my knowledge around kind of de- you know dealing with clients and and uh, discipline disciplining yourself to to get you know get work done even if it's not exactly what you want to be doing and and you know and delivering a certain certain quality because i suppose when you're working on side projects you're you're responsible to yourself and it, it's easier to let your standards slip slightly and not quite deliver something um, some, I mean, not not necessarily deliver something substandard, but not hold yourself to the same same standards that you need to if you're delivering client work for 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 money. And and so that you know that's something I'm I'm really learning about is is how to you know di- discipline myself and deliver a you know a, a, a really high quality um, piece of work. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I, I think. I think to a degree that's almost sometimes what separates the good side projects from the bad side projects is when you can see that somebody has developed the discipline to go ahead and push their their side project from you know uh, that the few hours of work it took to throw it together to one that actually kind of it, it's more than just the bare bones you know it they they actually cared about how you do it and, and my guess is you know that that's oftentimes you know coming from things they've learned and discipline they've acquired you know working on client work i know that's kind of how it's worked for me in the past the more client work i do the more you know not only the better do i get it client work but you know the the better the, the more that translates to other work 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed that the stuff I've learned, I mean, even if you don't notice it as you're learning it, mm-hmm. um, the, the things you learn from client work end up in your side projects anyway. You know, you, you, I get I, things like kind of defensive programming just, just to go, you know, go go quite deep. J- j- you know, the, the, a certain level of error checking that you just do automatically once you've, once you're used to all the places that, you know, things are going to crop up or a certain a certain way of doing things so that the next person to come to the project uh, finds it easier to to um mm-hmm. to, you know to just step in and and um and make changes and and you know making writing maintainable code and documenting your code and all stuff like that that a lot of side projects don't have because essentially you're building for yourself and and whoever uses your side project but you're not doing that for a client you know you may you may be delivering to to a team who are going to be maintaining your code for the next 2 years and then and then that that's a different kind of responsibility to to you know just uh deploying deploying your you know a, a side project that it may well have a lot of users but no one's really looking at the back end it's just you who's who's maintaining it no absolutely I, I agree and i mean even a lot of side projects you know people throw up on github or whatever depending on what it is and uh, you're you're going to do a lot better there if you've you know um documented your code and because i mean the whole idea of github is a lot of people working together Mm. um to you know make something better so that'll even help you know the the way you code a a side project will really help um community uh inter i don't know how i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say but you know really help people jump in on it and you know with a lot of side projects that's the goal yeah i mean that that's something i've i've um i've blogged about actually it's kind of uh i i i I sort of think of it as as respect, but mm-hmm. kind of a, a duty. As if you're putting something, and I, I don't mean uh, you, you. I mean mm-hmm. if one, but I don't want to say one because that's a uh, not a good way, not a good way to be talking. I sound like a, an idiot if I start saying one does this, one does that. But um, I think it's a kind of respect for the next person to, uh, to 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 come to your project, particularly if you're putting it on GitHub to mm-hmm. to be documenting it, to be to be you know um, commenting, to be writing and explaining in in english in in proper sentences in in you know doing the best you can to be very clear um i just think that that's a kind of respect to the next person that will also encourage them to to contribute i mean i know i've i've wanted to contribute to projects where i've i've you know cloned it down um and opened the files up and had a look and just not been able to understand what what's going on where to start how to how to begin adding things and mm-hmm. and just gone back and deleted the the you know the code that I just downloaded and 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 forgotten about it um, and and I mean I, I'm I can't say I'm I'm the, a shining example of it but I'm I, I think I'm trying to do my best to to you know if I push something if I push something and ask people to contribute on it I, I would have done my best to to make sure that they're that it's easy for them to to contribute to and easy for them to get into and. Um, because if you know if if I want contributions to something I've I've worked on at the end of the day I, I get the the benefit from it um, first and foremost because you know if it's my a side project that my name's on then then mm-hmm. the, the contributors aren't necessarily getting the the benefit so the the least I can do is make it easy for them to to get involved I guess absolutely we you could call it coding for the other side of the screen yeah rimshot yeah. yeah I was <laughs> listening to Shop Talk show the other day and I'm gonna have to go look and see what the guy's name was. I, um, shop talk show. Brandon Mathis. He um, let's see. 
he does Octopress. Mm-hmm. And he was he was talking about that, you know, just what it's like managing, you know, an open source project like Octopress. And uh, Octopress, if, if you don't know, is like a, a Ruby CMS that's really become popular in the last couple of years, I would say. Um, and just, you know, how much code there is to review, you know, when, when people are, are coming in and, you know, offering contributions and whatever, you, you know, you have to make sure it fits in with everything else and... Um, but it sounded like he really kind of had his, his head around how you do that. And uh, I, I, I think he was even talking about some of the same stuff we we are just right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Octopus, I think it's built on Jekyll now. I'm just, just looking at their, their oh, site okay. now. I, I mean, I, I use Jekyll for um, for my blog. Okay. Uh, but no, but I, isn't th- Jekyll yeah, Ruby? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Jekyll, Jekyll's Ruby. So Jekyll's okay. um, Tom Preston Warner, or yeah, Tom Preston Warner, who's the GitHub founder's. Um, a static site generator. Okay. And then, and I, yeah, Octopress is kind of taking that to the to the next level. I, I haven't used Octopress actually, but um, it does look pretty good. I think if I started started um, a site again from scratch, I might actually take a good look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't listened to that shop talk actually. But um, I, yeah, I'm, I, and there's there's lots of other um, open source projects where you know you you kind of see that the, the ones that make it easy for people to to get into are the ones that. You know that that are successful. The the amount of documentation that Bootstrap has, the yeah, uh, the amount you know that the I can't, I'm thinking of other ones like you know jQuery now has a whole ecosystem built around um, contributing to it, and I, I think I do just do think it's a really important important part of open. You know, open sourcing is not putting your code on GitHub. Open sourcing is um, you know documenting it, doing a good readme, setting up a wiki if you need to, um, blogging about it, talking about it. Um, and actually, the, those last two are things that I'm, I, I'm not very good at, and w- uh, particularly with my open source projects. And I would, I mean, I should really be doing more of those last two to, to, you know, make people aware of what's what's out there and try and get people to, to help and Im- improve what I've, you know, what I've started. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. And and you've worked on a couple of uh, side projects, and I know I know just a few of them are open source, and you've got a lot of stuff on your on GitHub page. But the, the two ones I really wanted to kind of I don't know I guess focus in on today were were the app.net friend finder, and then the uh, I think it's called Twap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it cross posts for for app.net and uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So that the, the, the um, the cross poster, yeah, post from from app.net to Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I, yeah, I've been charging um, charging for that one, and and then the other the other one is a is a the friend finder, which I think I built in the first week or first two weeks of app.net being mm-hmm. being out, and um, and then I rewrote it in in the last forty eight hours. I have started and finished a rewrite of of that whole app and put it put it live. Oh, very nice. Um, so that yeah, that's a new version of that's just just gone up. Um, moved it from from Ruby over to Node. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, th- th- those I guess that I mean of the things I've I've ever put put live, those probably have the most users. And and also um, uh, the cross poster has has had um, you know it's the the only thing I've really I've really charged for that I've mm-hmm. I've put out there, I guess. Yeah, I mean the friend finder. They've been uh, the app.net folks were promoting. I know at least for a bit. They may still be doing that. I haven't been over there in a while, but um, that was something I, they I, were linking to from their site. Yeah, I, I think 
I think every new user gets a gets a link to it. There's a kind of welcome, um, uh, I guess, welcome page that um, that they see, and and I, I think every user does uh, does see it. And so you know, guys, I guys, be pr- quiet. Pretty good traffic to that, um, and and you know, I, I I've been feeling guilty for a few months about it because I, I made a bit of a mistake uh, building it uh, using the the technology stack I, I chose, mm-hmm. and and so and just by by way of not uh, using Ruby for for a few months, kind of forgot how to how to maintain it, how to build it, how to to you know fix problems with it. And luckily, there weren't weren't really problems with it. But um, when when it's, I mean, now App.net have have updated their API and and <coughs> is about to turn off their um, their public API and needed to make some changes for it. And it got to the point basically on on uh, on Monday night actually um, about this time. As well, so a Monday night over here about this time on Monday. Um, that I just thought I, I can't, I can't. I either I'm going to have to give this away to someone who can who can write Ruby and who can look after it, or I'm going to have to kill it or rewrite it. And I, I was on the edge of giving it away, and then realised that I, it would be quite good fun just to spend a bit of time, um, basically. I guess speed rewriting it mm-hmm. um, in, over into into Node.js, you know, the stack that I do every day um and and that yeah pretty much did that i started on on monday night and and finished it on uh on tuesday night i guess that's very nice yeah yeah i know when i first joined app.net i i used it to kind of find my friends and it seemed to work pretty well um i'm I'm, honestly i'm surprised that wasn't a feature they'd kind of built into app.net well (laughs) yeah i I was thinking about this earlier this evening because I, i don't the thing I've got a problem with both these these apps with, with the names because obviously the the name of the cross poster which is Twap which you have to be a bit careful about saying is just a terrible terrible name and I, I I don't I mean it's you can kind of tell why I called it that but in 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 hindsight it was terrible mm-hmm. and so I need that for starters needs a different name but the the friend finder never really had a name other than kind of find your friends mm-hmm. and it sort of had you know become the the app.net friend finder um I, I didn't really know, you know, notice that happening, but people have, have seemed to sort of identify it as the the one you use, and so I was thinking about um, suggesting to them uh, that that it it be, it does become you know a bit more integrated with with their services. I, I guess it could, um, you know, maybe go on go on a, a subdomain like friends.app.net or um, or something like that, and you know I could certainly make it look a bit more like. Um, on it, and, and it's open source, so that they could do that too. I mean, that they could actually pick it up and, and host it themselves on uh, on on a subdomain like that. So if if there are any app.net people listening, then get get in touch and we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, or you know, you could just grab uh, like the app.net friendfinder.com or something. And yeah, I, I was look, I was looking at about an hour ago. I was looking at domains, um, just trying to think about. Um, I think about possible possible domains, possible names for it. Just just kind of you know take take it no, maybe not to the well. I guess it would be the next level. You know, make it make it an uh, official thing. Make you know use that kind of app.net friend finder branding to to um to, you know to put take it because it's it's got a, a you know a fair number of users now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know and that kind of happened without me really noticing it. It was you know one week it was a, a, a thousand, and I thought oh this is this is pretty cool. That's that's about ten percent of all the users on app.net, and now mm-hmm. it's um, it's got sixteen and a half thousand. It's had sixteen and a half thousand users. Okay. Um, 
and it I guess it averages it averages about 100 150 users a day which I, I don't know whether that's an indicator of how well Abdon is doing but I mean I, I suspect that's probably 100 unique users a day which would which would suggest that that's how many signups they're getting a day mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean I don't know it, it just it, it seems like it, that there's an opportunity there to to um to do something quite good with it so yeah, well, adnfriendfinder.com is, is open, so well, run out and get that or something. I will, I will. <laughs> so th- this other one I, I thought was interesting because you ch- you charged for it, and I think like a lot of people are sometimes pretty, um, I don't know, hesitant to do that with side projects and, you know, like the, and, and you know, I, I'm sure this isn't the case all the time, but sometimes it's like the, well, other people have helped me, so a side project's got to be free because it has to be or you know they they feel like this obligation to 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 make side projects free um but i don't i don't totally see that mm-hmm. so I, I i like that you charge for it and it's like a one-time fee five bucks you know nothing you could go get a a really nice i've, I've heard of them called designer coffees for that <laughs> price yeah um but yeah so i mean what what made you do that and kind of what's the response been well, it's kind of interesting how how that that happened. Um, when, so one of the things that that really propelled me going, you know, be, becoming, uh, I don't know, I guess picking picking up work and and, and entering the, the web industry was um, was a meetup in the UK called uh, uh, Multipack and the and a kind of offshoot that that was that took place in a town um, nearby where I where I used to live uh, called Lempack. And I, I used to go there, and we, you know, we because it was a, a kind of new thing and interesting. We, we had a discussion about um, uh, App.net just after it launched, or just before it launched, possibly um, at Lempack. And we were just talking about different different apps that that might uh, might be useful. And uh, a guy called um, Anthony Williams, who's a bit gone on Twitter and I think on App.net as well, um, sort of you know mentioned uh, mentioned cross posting, and I, I kind of picked up on the idea and thought thought it would be it would be interesting. And, and actually, I was um, between jobs at that point, having just um, just left Buffer, and um, I just thought, well, I've got you know because I was on holiday between u- university years, I just thought, well, I've got a bit of time now, and this this seems like a, a really good project. I, I, I you know, and, and App.net seemed new, and at that and I. I kind of really got behind the ideology of, of app.net i i really want it to to do well and i just thought well i'll, I'll give this a shot I'll, I'll see if i you know i'll be the first person to do cross posting for app.net and, and actually I, I was the first i mean i built the friend finder first so i was i think it was the first friend first or maybe the second friend finder um and definitely the first cross poster mm. and so i just went for it and then um as i was about to release it uh, i think possibly at the same um, at Lempack again, or, or at least on, on Twitter, um, another guy called uh, Rich Cunningham, who's Rithy on on Twitter and, and App.net, I think as well, um, suggested that, that I charge for it. He said, you know, just just said, you know, what, why, why not? I mean, you put put some time into this, and I I think initially I was kind of hesitant, and then I sort of totaled up how much it was likely to cost me, um, you know, month on month, and and realised that I I probably couldn't sustain it if if uh, it went on for longer than well i guess 6 months or so mm-hmm. j- just for free because the the server costs were i guess are about um i guess $40ish for j- just to um to host that per month oh wow and and um 
so I think it's forty dollars. Yeah, because the data, yeah, the database is quite quite big. So, mm-hmm. um, so I just thought, well, what's a kind of reasonable amount for this? And and pick five dollars. And and it was it was pretty much arbitrary. It was kind of you know I, I just didn't I, I couldn't justify giving it away for free, but I had no idea what it was actually worth. Mm-hmm. And so I just stuck five five dollars on it and and hooked it up to to Gumroad, which is the simplest you know possible way I could set up um, set up payments. Uh, and then just launched it, and I d- didn't expect anyone to pay for it. Didn't expect anyone to be using it, and and people did. And and um, it's not it's not got um, thousands of users, but it you know it's got me- many more users than I ever thought it would get. And mm-hmm. I, I know, and I'm going to be able to host it for for quite a while to come, and uh, you know pay pay people who are you know better at what they do than than I am to, to improve certain areas, um, certain areas of it. Like I'm, you know, I'm planning a, a complete rebuild of the front end quite mm-hmm. soon and probably a rebuild of the back end too, which I'll, I'll be doing the back end, but I, you know, pay someone who, um, has a really good design eye, um, to, to build the front end and, and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, I can keep that product going for, for the people who, who use it for, you know, for as long as the life of, of app.net. Yeah, well, and, you know, this was actually, that, that kind of ties in really well to something I was going to talk about. You know, ask you, um, you know, you said you wanted to pay someone who, who's really a good designer to do the front end, but I, I think it's interesting that, I don't know, while you maybe brand yourself as a developer, you're certainly not design inept. Um, your products, your, your side projects anyway, in, in your site, um, I mean, they, they're not without any, they were not, made without any design ability so how i mean you think that's kind of been helpful along the way and maybe how did you pick that up yeah um yeah i i, I guess it can't it can't have been um you know kind of been unhelpful i i i don't know i i think it comes i mean i don't know where it where it comes from or where why well i guess it's because for a while I did think web design was what I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I still have a sort of, uh, I still take quite a, a big, a good, you know, big interest in what, um, what's going on in, in the design world about, you know, um, kind of responsive design and, and user experience. And, um, and you know, that, that makes it sound like I have absolutely no knowledge cause I'm just using, um, kind of buzzwords, but, uh, I, you know, I, I've I've just kept kept that kind of interest, and and it, it does in, you know influences what I do day to day. Even if I you know I'm even if I'm not um, focusing on uh, uh, you know a, a responsive build for a for a client, you, you know, using WordPress or, w- or whatever it is. And so I, for a, a while, I was doing uh, a lot of um, design, and and really that was like you know that was what my what my focus was. And and then um, and I've always just taken an taken an interest in design i mean just i have like a bookshelf to, to my left here and just looking across the um across the, the titles only two of them are technical and all the other ones are design books so i've got like um elliot j stocks eight faces typography books and then a couple of um don norman books uh design of everyday things and emotional design frank chimero's book that might be chimera i'm sorry if i've got his name wrong and then a, a couple of other ones that that are um, um, mainly design focused. That they're, they're not about kind of design philosophy and and um, and typography. Okay. Uh, and not and not technical at all. And I think maybe it's. I, I actually haven't really thought about this before, but maybe it's kind of. I like reading about design from books, but I like learning technically by by building stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess that the the kind of um, 
the point at which they meet is is inside projects where you're you're building something but also putting together a, a design um yeah and and also i don't like putting out stuff that that you know that doesn't looks horrible so mm-hmm. um i tend to spend a, I, I probably spend about equal time on on uh on both it depends on the project really but yeah i, d- I don't really know what um i've never never kind of actively thought you know i, I thought that i would I could be a, a designer or anything, but I, I don't, as I say, I don't like putting out things that look crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I kind of tend to brand myself as a designer, but I spend more time in code, far more time than I actually do in, in Photoshop or fireworks or whatever, um, you know, design program you, you use. And, and I, I almost tend to think I need to figure out, I need to really like write this out at some point and publish a blog post kind of to really, um, you know, uh, figure out exactly what I think about this, but it's almost like people don't realize that the developers are just designers too. I mean, anytime you've had to write code, you realize that there's like a whole lot of design that goes into code, whether that just be, you know, um, the design of a really well-structured, um, front end, you know, how you, how do you write your modules and, all that kind of a thing, or you know, certainly with backend development, I think that's a no-brainer that a lot of design goes into that. But I really just sometimes it really annoys me the way they get differentiated. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I totally agree. Actually, I, I mean, a lot, a lot of what I do in during the day is not you know t- typing the, on the keyboard is is I spend less time doing that than I do drawing diagrams on my desk or um or you know just researching you know the, the the best way to to put together some particular um so you know something <coughs> or you know just as an example you know a, a scalable module architecture you know how, what are the pat- patterns for doing that what are the the pitfalls what are the the um you know the, all the best practices and a lot of that is is you know you're designing a a, a system that you can build features on you, you or you're designing a um you know, a, a maintainable um, code base, or you're designing uh, the way um, the, the, the you know what can be quite a complicated set of um, moving parts in a in a, in, a, in an application, how they all fit together and how they talk to each other, and it, you know it is a lot of it is design and and, and actually writing as well. I think um, and uh, GitHub have quite a big thing on this. The the um, you know some some of the more vocal employees of GitHub like um, Zach Holman talk about how writing and oh, and 37 signals as well um how writing is a is a really important part of of you know being a developer it's not just you know you, you as a developer you can't just just um uh i don't know you have to take some care over what what you're writing whether that's your comments or you know in, in your or your documentation or even you know on a blog if you can if you can communicate an idea clearly then it's quite likely that you can express that in in code because you know to express something in code you have to understand it um, and you know if if you can understand it then it's quite likely that you can kind of write about it I guess yeah for sure um, last thing here I don't know you seem to have a lot of confidence in your own ability as a developer but I mean even in your speaking and your blogging I, I guess have you managed to kind of grow that and then um, nurture it along the way and, and how's it how would you tell other people how to do that? Well, um, I some people, yeah, some people said I, 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 I have a, I have a sort of problem with them um, with mm-hmm. the confidence thing because okay. 
I guess I do. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I do come across probably to a fault sometimes of as as being you know quite quite confident. But um, I that probably it's not necessarily a front, but it it's it's not true. Certainly not true all of the time. I mean, I I, I know just you know, I, I have like weeks and days, and, and I'm, you know I mentioned this before where where I won't you know I don't want to build anything. I don't feel like I'm capable of building anything. I I feel like everything I've ever built has been completely in, inadequate and and substandard and I, I kind of just feel like I want to want to give it all up um and that that doesn't you know it doesn't that's not a lot but that's that's I do have you know times when when that's the case but it's sort of offset by the the times when you've just built something just released it and you're kind of feeling pretty euphoric about you know having put something out and people are using it and um I don't know I mean the, and I guess the other thing with, with just with the speaking and, um, and blogging stuff, it's more about kind of, I enjoy teaching because when you teach something, you have to understand it in order to be able to, to teach it. And so teaching something is the best way to expose gaps in your knowledge about it. And um, so, you know, with, with blogging, which I need, you know, I, I don't do enough of, I really I want to be doing more of it. Um, I, I do that. Mm-hmm. Well, for, I guess primarily to kind of selfishly to, to, to find the gaps in my knowledge and, and fill them in and at the same time teach someone else and hope, you know, hope that to pass on any knowledge that, that I may have, um, may have gained, um, to, to someone else so they don't have to go through whatever pain I went through to get there. Uh, I, I, I guess that's, that's the idea, Mm -hmm. um, idea behind it but i i I have to say i do um do sometimes worry that i i can i can get a little overconfident and i'm sure some people um would say would say that's true but i try and rein it in (laughs) right well and and really i i would rather somebody be a little overconfident than underconfident because you can fix overconfident but sometimes underconfidence a little bit you know a little little harder to fix and you know And, and, and I mean, good, you know, great mm-hmm. people who, who aren't noisy or aren't confident will, you know, can get missed. And, okay, yeah. um, you know, you, you, there are, you know, I'm sure there are some, some people who just didn't have the, or don't currently have the confidence to, to be blogging, to be, mm-hmm. um, trying to speak, um, to be, you know, trying to set up their own podcast, put out their own, uh, their own content, um, put stuff on GitHub because, because I guess of the, the same kind of fear that it's not quite up to the, the stand, you know, the standard. But I, I guess I found that the, you, you're, there's always going to be someone who's that little bit, um, that little bit better than you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's good because then or, you have or a lot to, bit better than you. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're me. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's always going to be someone who, who and always should be someone who you can look up to and and who you can try and learn from and then and they also give you um you know markers uh, to to track your progress like you know like we were saying earlier if you could look back and see the thing that you put on github six months ago and think oh man i can't believe the the code i was writing then Mm -hmm. and that you know gives you the, the the knowledge that you've moved on from then you've learned something since then because the the worst possible thing that can happen is that you completely stagnate Mm -hmm. and i guess that's probably my biggest fear about um you know i I just never ever want to want to stagnate i never want to get the feeling that i've been doing the same thing for you know for for a year or or whatever um because that that means you know that means i'm not keeping up 
um, there's a there's a really good video um, from the, a conference that happened in Brighton quite recently called Responsive Day Out, mm-hmm. and it's um, Laura Kalbag talking, and she says at one point, if you're not ashamed of what you did three months ago, then you're not keeping up, and um, and I, I mean three <laughs> three months might, is is maybe a little short term, but I think she's she's not far off. I, I think if you know if you if you can look back on what you did. If, if, yeah, if you can look back on what you did three months ago and think, I know how I could have done that better now, Absolutely. then that's a really good thing. You're, you're headed, basically, you're headed in the right direction, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I've noticed, obviously, when you're learning something, it, it's, you know, three minutes ago, you know what you could have done better. But uh, it, I found that even, you know, harder to, as you get better at something and as you start to wrap your head around it, sometimes it's, it's a lot easier to get stagnant. Um, mm. But... As soon as you can start trying to learn something new about something you feel like you already know, it, I, I found that you suddenly realize everything you don't know, and it's it's actually mm. kind of a humbling moment. Yeah, if you can just push yourself past um, that. But yeah, it, it's it's great. I I've been experiencing more you know things I thought I had down, and I'm like, oh, and yeah, I don't actually, <laughs> yeah, don't actually it, know that as well yeah. as I do. But it's it's great, you know. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing I realized about the, the moments where you're kind of feeling down mm-hmm. about it, where you're kind of feeling, um, feeling like the, the work you're doing is, isn't up to the standard that you'd like it to be. I mean, there's, there's two things. Firstly, that the thinking that it's not up to the standard you'd like it to be is brilliant because it means that you have a standard that you want to be hitting. Absolutely. And, you know, it's best to have that, have that goal of the standard that you want to hit because then you can always be striving for something a little bit, you know, a little bit better than than where you're at, and the second thing is that the, the good thing about the the downtimes is that they mean you're being reflective, you're being you're thinking about what it is you do, and uh, you know your your process or your code or your documentation or your, your think at least you're thinking about the work you're putting out and and taking an interest in it and in, interest in improving yourself and taking care in you know in your work. If the moment you 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 stop feeling uh, you know, feeling like your work isn't isn't as good as it should be is the moment you 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 know is the moment you've stopped learning, the moment you've stopped Im- improving. I guess. And so I, I <coughs> it was it's, it's it's it is hard when I mean for me anyway when I'm feeling absolutely terrible and like I don't want to ever build anything ever again. But I just have to try and force myself to to remember that the reason I get like this is because I'm I want to be better, and so it's actually quite a, a helpful. Um, kind of feeling because it, it it does then push you onto that next next hopefully big thing or the next you know the next um, bit of learning or the next um, project. Absolutely, I, I could not agree more. Uh, it's just you know we think we're done. You're never going to be done, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. but that's the fun of it. Yeah. You can. Ah, that's funny. I was about to go into the. I was about to go into the outro, and I forgot to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming on. It was so great to have you. Oh, um, thank you, thank you very much. It's been been a lot of fun, actually. It's been great. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Funet. I'm really hoping I pronounced that right. Uh, y- but yeah, I'll- yeah. <laughs> that's another thing. The name I got wrong. The important things. I always get the <laughs> get the names wrong. Um, you should. Yeah, I mean, I normally spell it because mm-hmm. it's kind of a. Absolutely. Yeah, that's P-H-U-U-N-E-T, or he's P-H-U-U, just Foo, on app.net. There's his personal site, too. That's Foo.net. Um, I was looking at the Young Gun Show on iTunes the other day, and I was surprised to see there'd actually been a lot of great reviews 
um, you know, over our downtime. So thanks to everyone who submitted one. Of course, if you'd like to, if you enjoy the show, I'd love it if you'd throw in up a quick review. As my friend Tim Smith over at the East Wing says, it's as easy as clicking five stars. Anyway, like always, thanks for listening. See you again soon.